Welcome to One Thought at a Time with Ian Travers, where we get curious about what makes us tick. I'm joined for a second time by the Naked Warrior herself, Claire. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to come back. It's great to be here. Well, you know, we had so much uh, unfinished conversation last time um, and lots has happened since. Yes. So... Tell us what's what's been happening in your world since before we get into today's oh discussion. Oh gosh, it has definitely been very, very busy. Um, normal working with all my teams and my drivers, just supporting them at track, getting some great results at the moment. We're looking close to, fingers crossed, winning a, a championship, a couple more races to go. So I'm excited to, to see that journey and see how it's going to end. Um, also, I've been working really hard to take my um, bespoke race fit programs and put them into my app program that I have. So I've just literally just launched RaceFit app, which is really, really exciting. So I've been working hard behind the scenes to create all the programs so, you know, a, a driver can pick it up, whether or not they're in a GT car or a single seater, you know, a carter person can pick up the app and, and then they can go and have a, the right training program for them. And also motorcyclists as well, because there's not many motorcycle fit programs out there. So it's incorporating all the different elements that, you know, these three disciplines need to have to be fitter for their racing. Right. Um, and I've created programs for them they literally pick up their phone they've, they've got me it's like training with me one-to-one -one, app on their phone um, and you've got the fitness programs in there we've got the nutrition programs in there and then they also get access to me as well so that's what I've been doing so it was writing the programs filming all the exercises because as you can imagine they're not just standard generic exercises yeah. um, and each of those disciplines has different needs so you know there's different exercises I do when I'm training the my clients one-to-one -one that I wanted to bring into the app yeah. um, so I had to go then film all of those and then it's the editing and you know all the tech stuff behind it and then all the uh, the planning and yeah I'm really excited that it's now launched so it's racefitapp.com it's awesome brilliant well <laughs> let's unpack some of that so first of all um, for, for, for those who may not be aware tell us about the different championships that you're in, involved in Sure. Okay. So one of the championships, it's um, the Brick Car Trophy Championship. Mm -hmm. So uh, running with the Clio cars at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're uh, a mixture of endurance races and shorter races. So, you know, depending on the race weekend, it's uh, the different training demands or the different demands that you'd have on that day in terms of spacing out, you know, when you're qualifying and when your races um, and the logistics of each of the drivers because they're, they're shared. We've had uh, prototype cars uh, racing as well. Um, and you know that's the it's a lot more physical in, in yeah. those cars and the races can be, either be shared or one driver so it's trying to to manage them so you know with any driver it's all about making sure that we have the right recovery for them when they've got out the car making sure they're activated and warmed up properly um, and as you're very well aware as well making sure that the mindset switched on and they can focus on what they're good at and forgetting about everything, everything else. else because that's what I'm there for you know yeah. to, to help with their nutrition to help with their hydration and just manage all of those external pressures and stresses so they're not getting overwhelmed on on their race day so um, also working with uh, some international clients as well mm. uh, motorcycle racing uh, so managing that from overseas um, right. you know it's a lot of time spent on the phone and just making sure that they're set up correctly in, yeah. in race week as well um, and I've got lots of carters at the moment so it's um, a wide range of ages as well so it's managing the, the dynamics that that brings and whether it's indoor karting outdoor karting um, you know and the the power of the car the age of the the person as well because then it's, it's there's different physical demands and the different emotional development and knowing what stages they're at as well are you seeing any 
signs of increase in females in motorsport? I'm happy to say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Because it, it really is, um, you know, when you when you look around a paddock, uh, and I know that motorsport can have very, very high entry barriers financially anyway, but they're just, it's so heavily biased one way. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's definitely changing. You know, we've had some big milestones happening this year. We've got the um, specific uh, initiative obviously launched by Susie Wolf as well, mm-hmm. coinciding that it's what it's a step on from the W Series. I don't like to say it's a replacement to W Series. It's a whole different kettle of fish, but yeah. it's it's something there for women. Yeah. Um, we've got the uh, the Drive Academy, the Team Sport have just launched as well for to recognise young carters, uh, young mm-hmm. female carters, you know, and creating a plan for them so you know where they're achieving in their local team sport then where then they can take it and making sure that they've got the right support network yep. in place around that so i've been working alongside a few of the uh, the the ladies or young girls that are going through that program as well to make sure that they're on track pardon the pun <laughs> <laughs> there's a you and i both met um catherine potter yes uh, i mean her we talking about mindset she, she's always really impressed me that you know, all of that stuff she does, uh, I think at the age of 14, setting up a business yeah. to fund her mm-hmm. karting because I don't think people recognise just how much has to happen yeah. before you even get behind the wheel of anything. Mm. Um, so it's, you, um, uh, a potential future podcast guest uh, worth looking out for as well, Claire, is um, I think on Instagram it's Lara Moto. Okay. Um, races GP bikes. Right. Um, very, very... Uh, uh, in fact, when I met her um, running an event a couple of weeks ago, she actually had her arm in a sling. Oh, did she? She, uh, <laughs> she had just had a dislocation, which looked a bit, bit yeah. painful, but straight back in it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that conversation oh, as well. Oh, that, that's, that's coming up. So, um, so um, and then just tell us a bit more about the app then. So um, where can people find the app? Sure. Um, Well, if you're following me, The Naked Warrior, on any of my socials, um, obviously there's information on there. Um, There is a standalone website, Instagram page. It's racefitapp.com. Just racefitapp.com and you'll go and find it anywhere. And then you can just um, obviously download and select the right program that's for you. Uh, And then you can literally just start your training straight away. You know, you don't have to have a gym membership. Mm. I've created a program so you can work out at home, you can work out in the gym, or you can do a combination of um, both areas. And also it's making sure that it's a wide variety of equipment because, you know, not everyone's going to have a dumbbell. Some people might have a kettlebell. Yep. So it's making sure that we've got all the right variations, but we're still targeting the right muscle groups in the right way for that discipline, you know, and that's very unique and bespoke. So it's all of the experience that I've had with all the drivers that I've worked with in the past and kind of getting it out of my brown brain, downloading it and putting it into a format where an app can read it and then create this program. So, you know, it's um, it's down to the user. It's uh, interactive. They're recording their workouts. They're getting their progressions. They're doing their updates. And the beauty about that is they get the full accountability from myself as well because nice. I can see it from the back end and I can see where they're progressing, you know, potentially offer them advice on how they can then improve in other areas. And then also, so if they haven't logged in for a while, I'll be like dropping them a message say, hey. Yeah, so it really yeah. is almost like the coach in your pocket, isn't it? Exactly, it's, yeah. That's great. So. And we, I, I must pick your brains um, on the app as well because I've, I've, for many, many years, keep thinking about how do I how do I appify uh, some of this stuff? So we, we should yes. talk about that. Absolutely. So we said we would get together this time. So this, this kind of breaks the one thought at a time mould a little bit. Um, so we're not going to 
We're not going to talk about your story this time. We did that, um, you know, please look in our back catalogue to find the interview with, with Claire. There is a lot being talked about at the minute about nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, what to eat, how to eat it, when to eat it. Um, and we've talked about the link between nutrition and fitness and performance and mindset. So we thought that we'd just unpack some of that today. Yes. Oh, God, we, we could be here for weeks. <laughs> so you try and simplify it as much as possible. Yeah. So, so let, me, let me kick it off, uh, I suppose, by my own uh, curiosity. As, as, as you know, I'm always mm-hmm. fascinated by, by human performance and, and the mindset. And the thing that I have found astounding over recent years is what we're starting to understand about the connection between our what we put in our stomach, in our gut, and what goes on in our mind and, and our head and how how actually closely linked they are. I mean, mm. not close, physically linked. Mm-hmm. So, go on, you, you start from the food <laughs> end because that's where you know best. So. I'm actually going to start from the... Um, anatomy side of things you know because then people will understand why it's so heavily linked so you have a nerve that goes through your body that connects your brain from its brain stem all the way through literally all through all the organs in your body out through your colon but it also um, penetrates through your gastroenteral wall as well right and it's called your vagus nerve right. um, so it's literally it's your your mind stomach connection um, and the great thing about this nerve as well one of the most unique things about it is it's a two-way messaging system if you like so most nerves in the body they'll send a um, a neurotransmitter and it it goes one way to action a potential thing to to happen yes whereas with the the vagus nerve or it's also known as a wandering nerve because it goes through all the body um, it will send messages from from both ends if you like from the brain and from your your gut too so it's really essential that Um, we have optimum gut health to make sure that the right messages are being sent up to the brain and then that the right messages are coming back out from the brain as well. And there's a lot of different things in that. It's making sure you have good gut health, that you're putting the right foods into your body um, and also making sure that you're not putting the wrong food into your body as well. This is something that, and again, almost saying it now, it almost feels like such archaic thinking. But, you know, we always used to think, I always used to think, you know, well, when your stomach's full, that's when we stop eating. Mm. But it's nothing like that, is it? It's, it depends what you put in because there's this message, as you say, sent upwards to the mm-hmm. brain that will either say, eat more of me, don't eat me, stop eating. Yeah. It's Well, it's even more than that. I mean, you, you do have your hunger hormones, mm. um, which are a release. And, you know, when people do a lot of yo-yo dieting, mm. um, it's leptin and ghrelin that are these hunger hormones. And, right. you know, they, they make you, um, they signal hunger and they also see, signal satiety. Right. So when you're feeling full. Um, so they can get messed up with, you know, eating the wrong foods, but a lot of yo-yo dieting and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also important if you think about from a mood perspective and we're having a look at your your mindset and your mental health, then your um, your hormones for, for those emotions are also released and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, produced in, in your gut as well. Right. So, you know, if you don't have a healthy gut, then you're production of serotonin and dopamine isn't going to be as high right. your production of um, anti-anxiety hormone which is GABA like that's going to be thrown off as well so if you think that you know 
there's um, it's all, all chaos with those hormones, then you're not going to have clear thoughts. You're not going to have clarity of thinking. Your, your moods are going to be up and down. You might feel really alert and wired or you might feel really um, slow, sluggish and, and in, a, in a low mood as well. And, and we are in direct control of what we choose to eat yeah. that has a direct effect on those. So... Um, GABA. Tell me a bit more about GABA because I've got an interest in you know the anxiety piece as well. So GABA is what what effect does that have on on anxiety? Well, it's um, anti anxiety. So it's the feelings of being calm within your body. Right. So it, you know if we'll, we'll backtrack. So you've got um, your sympathetic nervous system yep. and your parasympathetic nervous system within your body, and a lot of what your um, when you're digesting your food, you need to be in your parasympathetic nervous system. So yeah. for those of you who aren't aware of those, so your, your sympathetic nervous system, it's your fight or flight nervous system. So yes. it's the one that makes you move quickly. It's the yeah. one that makes you respond to danger. The butterflies in the stomach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But when you're then in your parasympathetic nervous system, it's your rest, it's your digest, it's your rejuvenation side. Right. Um, so that's where you want to be when you're, you know, when you're eating, when you're looking to try and wind down. So if you think about you've got those two sympathetic nervous systems and you know what their purpose is one's for survival one's to optimize rest digestion um, nourishment and replenishment in your body yeah. when the hormones that, that signal those actions are, are messed up for, for you know by stress by what you're eating by lifestyle habits yeah. um, then clear signals aren't going to be sent so you know potentially you're going to be in a stressed state and then you're not going to be able to have the right amount of you know anti-anxiety hormones released to put you back into that paradigm sympathetic nervous system so is this why you know if you are particularly stressed or anxious about something that you actually don't feel hungry potentially yes yeah, yeah. because if you think um when you're in an elevated stress state and that could be you know like from a, a trauma or it could be over time through chronic stress when you're in that elevated state think of what you know it was designed to do it was designed to get you to fight or flight yeah. so the last thing your body would have been wanting at that time is to eat because <laughs> it was yeah, exactly <laughs> so because your your energy is needed to put into your muscles to make you move or fight you know so it's not going to be going into your digestive system to want to die food, uh, right. digest food so you're not going to be hungry <laughs> right, and so the, and so this is where GABA has a has a, has a role to play. Mm. Yeah, and then also it's thinking about you know when you are in that stress state, that's when you, your cortisol levels are high, and then that also has a knock on effect on your energy production. You know when your cortisol level levels are high, it impacts your insulin and your blood sugar level balance as well. You know, so then you can't always get access to the blood sugar within your muscles and then it's in your bloodstream and then you know people can put on weight so it all links back to you know these nervous systems stress state what you're eating <laughs> i mean it's really interesting because obviously the, the the cortisol thing is is very important when i'm talking to people about sort of mindset as well because particularly when you're trying to uh, learn new ways of talking to yourself mm. and you get stressed and cortisol is released it kind of numbs a lot of that stuff down as yeah. well so the yeah. ability to use i mean years and years ago when i was um training sort of self-defense in um in, in a police environment you could see the result of people suddenly losing the ability to use fine motor skills mm. when cortisol floods so yeah so if we can find a way how do we how do we stop that by what we eat <laughs> <laughs> um it's more to do with lifestyle habits mm. so obviously managing your stress because it's the impact that stress has on your digestive system um so 
uh, it can offset the the balance of your good bacteria and and you know the, the natural bad bacteria you have in, in your stomach as well. Yeah. And when you don't have that correct balance, it um, impacts your ability to absorb the right amount of nutrients. Right. Um, you know that's on one side of it, and then on the other side of it as well. If you think about that, when most people are stressed or they're rushed, they eat quickly, they eat on the move, yeah. and then so you're not going to be able to maximize that rest and digest nervous system. You know that's why we promote as much as we can like you know being mindful about how you eat taking time to sit down actually physically slow down because then all of the the blood from from everywhere around your body it can then be shifted to your digestive system so it can function properly and absorb your nutrients push all the food through as it needs to um, and then you can maximize what it's meant to do but when you're stressed you're eating quickly you're not chewing properly you know you get indigestion and it's all these other things that that come with it as well it's there's such a such a parallel here i mean if i think about the the work that I do in um, in businesses, small mm. and medium-sized businesses, and you know I've worked in different countries, different cultures, and the UK seems to have this real thing about people eating at their desk. Mm. Uh, and I heard some statistic the other day: the average pack of sandwiches that you'll get from any well-known supermarket chain, it's something like it takes an average person like seven minutes to consume. Wow. So if you think about work could be a stressful environment for, you know, for some, particularly if you've, you know, you've not got control of the, the way you think, and then you're sat at your desk, which is your work environment, and you're stuffing a, a sandwich in of, of, of questionable nutrition yeah. <laughs> yeah. in seven minutes. I mean, that kind of just... When you put it like that, you, it's a no-brainer. That cannot be good for you. You're not yeah. going to be in the, the best place to have good health and longevity and vitality, regardless if you're looking for performance or yeah. anything like that. But, you know, it, talking about those hunger hormones that we spoke about before, yeah. it takes about 20 minutes for them to like be signaled that, okay, the food's entered my system. Right. You know, the whole digestive process actually starts from the physical moment that you actually look at your food. Right. You know, when you, you think about the last time you saw a delicious looking meal, your mouth starts watering. Mm. That's your first um, response to, okay, my body's getting ready now to digest this food. Right. You know, it's creating the right digestive enzymes in in your your mouth to start breaking down the food that you're about to eat it's about taking small bites it's also about trying to chew as many times as you can there's um you know just gulping it um you know because it puts less stress on your body to have to break it down it makes the absorption process and digestive process quicker Mm. um you know you should be chewing things up to about 20 times so you know and um, i often do a good thing like sometimes with um you know young children i work with as well to get the to have awareness of food and textures is you know do something with an apple it's like take a bite of the apple but first of all look at it smell it um, notice the colors on it take a bite notice the crunch of the skin and then take 20 times to to bite and to chew it and just feel it breaking down in your mouth feel the textures inside your mouth and then you swallow it down um but mouth watering yeah. <laughs> you know but if you think about a delicious meal or you know if people talk about chocolate or you know food that they love and it's really interesting i've got a few friends who are really into cookery and they'll always talk about food with their hands as well and I just love talking to them because they get so um, animated you can actually see them you know thinking about prepping the food but it's such a, a visual and you know physical experience and 
being in the right nervous system to aid that digestive process is, you know, it needs to be optimal. So if you're talking about sitting at your desk, you're in a stressed state, you're already heightened, your digestive system doesn't have the right amount of blood flow to be able to break down the food anyway. You've not started and engaged this process at the mouth correctly. So, you you know, what are you actually going to be able to absorb? Right. And then it's the food choices that you're making, you know, we need to make sure they've got the right amount of nutrients into the body to then feed the brain as well, yeah. rather than just you know, also looking after your, your good, um, healthy gut. It's also about making sure that there's an adequate food and the right food to give the nutrients to the brain that it needs as well. It's, it's interesting. There's, again, there's, there's so much being talked about in this space at the minute, but my attention has, has been drawn particularly since, since COVID, to the work of uh, Tim Spector and mm-hmm. Zoe mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, thing and really understanding that even generic diet advice is, is sometimes not that helpful because we are different the way that we... But this, I think this whole area of looking after what we put inside us, and he, he mentions, and I've heard others mention it too, about eating diverse stuff for mm. our gut biome. And... Um, and 30 plants, uh, 30 plants a week. Mm. Now, I must admit, when I first read that, I thought, 30 plants a week? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how on earth do you do that? Yet, night before last, um, Jane, my wife, made a, a, like a sauce to go, mm-hmm. to go with. And we counted, there were seven plants in it. Yeah. You it's know, not hard when you think about it. When you think it. about it. Yeah, and it's, you know, I always use the principle of, you know, trying to eat like a, a rainbow. So you, throughout the whole day, you, you're having foods of different colours as well. Hmm. And it's to try and make sure you get the full nutrient profile from them. So the micronutrients and all your vitamins and minerals, um, you know, because different fruit and veg have different minerals to um, other ones, different vitamins to other ones. So it's trying to make sure you get that full spectrum yeah. to optimise your your nutrient intake, which in turn is going to help keep you nice and healthy and, you know, vitality as well. So if we were talking, if you were talking to um, one of your clients um, at, at the start of a process or or even anyone listening here, what, what's kind of Nutrition 101? You know, what where, where would you get people to, to start you know, let, let's assume that they've been completely unconscious consumers mm-hmm. of food. Um, so let's say they've probably been rushing their food, probably just been listening to popular advice. So how do we start? Do you know, the one thing that I've probably found with clients, you know, whether it be fitness or motorsport related across the board throughout these years it's hydration. It's making sure that you're drinking enough water. Right. Many people do not consume near enough as much water they need to, to function properly. Um, so water, hydration is key. You know, you, you think we're, we're 70% water. We need water for, for everything to, to function. And that's bonkers, isn't it? I mean, if you actually think about that for yeah. one, seven, you know, that, that's a lot of water. Yeah, We I are know. not much without it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also needed for uh, everything in, in your body and to help with all the processes as well. And again, right. coming back to the digestive process you need the fluid to help the natural um process of peristalsis you know your intestines is smooth muscle so it it acts autonomously but you know you think it's got to do that action to push everything through (laughs) um without being too graphic um but it it does that by being um lubricated and it also does that through movement as well so you need to make sure the hydration so everything's being pushed through then also making sure like i said try and eat like a rainbow so think about you know your your food and your meals that you're having throughout the day I'd also say 
downsize your portion sizes instead of having a big dinner plate portion go try and eat on a small side plate portion and eat slower and then try to have something of each color every day and people are like oh how do you do that and and it's easy i remember one time um you know i was going through different um nutritional medicine food healing type processes and i was doing a little bit of you know investigating for myself and seeing Mm -hmm. you know um different fasts and things like that and I created like a a rainbow fast if you like so for seven days of the week you know I'd have a a red day um, yellow day orange day so I was like right I need to now go and find these foods of this this specific colour and when you had that thought process it just opened up to all these other array of foods yeah Yeah, so I mean breakfast you could have a banana you could have blueberries you know or something like that piece of fruit in the morning with the rest of your breakfast you know not with a waffle and cream then no not not, not, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not not with a waffle and cream that will go yeah. with your blood sugar levels and, and so many other things yeah. um and then you know mid-morning snack it's like okay if you've um you know having a look at maybe having some vegetable sticks or something different like that having salad at lunchtime mm. in a whole grain wrap or yeah. you know something else with salad an afternoon snack as well you know having some hummus with some um on a uh, like a rice cake or something like that you can yeah. put slices of tomato on it yeah. and then in your evening meal just load it up with vegetables and you know the other thing what a lot of people do is they look at their um their diet in in the one day and it's like look at it in the whole week because one day you know you might find that you're hungrier you might be more active so your calorie demands are going to be higher um and the next day you're not might not be as active so they're not going to need as much fuel um and then it negates that whole theory of like oh i've had a bad day on a wednesday i'm going to restart the diet on a a monday and then they blow it out for the rest of the week so the way i look at it is if you know you've got seven days in a week um you know if you're going to have breakfast lunch and dinner and two snacks every day that's 35 meals technically or 35 times you're putting food into your body and if 80 percent of those meals uh you know they're they're good they're balanced they're on point um it negates and allows for those other little 20 percent where sometimes you can't always grab the foods that you want to while you're going out for social functions or you do want that little bit of cake or or something you know um and so then it's like okay my week's looking like this i've got um 80 percent of 35 so you know it's you know as long as like 28 29 of your meals are, are good my math is right there isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. And that's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. so rather than getting too assessed about yeah. a meal a day yeah it's like um, looking at it from the whole week yeah and i think the color thing's really interesting isn't it because mm. and again it's these things as you become more aware of it which plays into sort of the mindset piece. You know, as soon as you, you've started to become inquisitive about mm-hmm. this, I found myself sometimes, you know, you on a works event and you suddenly think, oh, that looks very brown. Mm. You know, I mean, and, and a lot of, if, if you are involved in sort of, sort of a corporate event, you, you know, the, the, the sandwiches come out, the samosas come out, the, you know, yeah. the, the chicken wings come out and you think looks very brown Mm. i'm always like where's the green where's the salad and you know if you're making a salad you you can have like your lettuce your kale your spinach you get there's tomatoes peppers cucumber anything you know beetroot uh and olive oil i mean olive oils on it and all that kind Mm -hmm. of thing so i think we just covered all the colors didn't we yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's really quite interesting isn't it so so the, the the 101 would be um Take your time. Mm-hmm. Lots of colours. Yes. Lots of variety. Mm-hmm. Are there any? Are there any things that, in general, are 
we should avoid? In your, I mean, I know, I know it's very bespoke to an individual, but mm. are there kind of categories of stuff that you think we should probably minimise that? Uh, things you want to definitely minimise, you know, if we're looking at it from a health perspective and general population perspective and everyone really, it's your intake of your saturated fat, it's your trans-saturated fat, it's your alcohol, it's your caffeine, it's the fast processed food. It's the food that you could look at, a, at in a packet and you look at the ingredients list and it's got like six, seven, eight ingredients and you can't even pronounce them. Right. So, you know, those are the ones we want to try and avoid as much as possible because of the damage they do inside your body. Um, you know, if you're having diets that are high in fast food takeaways, it's the saturated fat that's used to cook with them. Um, you know, that's going to be damaging to your, your arteries and your cardiovascular health. You know, it puts your risk of of strokes up blood pressure is going to be up heart disease is going to be increased your quality of life is going to decrease yes um so it's making sure we're minimizing those because um, of course there are good fats exactly there are def- and you know for especially for brain health as well we want yeah. to make sure that you have a good intake of your omega threes and sixes so it's yeah. making sure that you're eating you know nuts and seeds and oily fish they're great foods to have yeah. um and also making sure that what we're avoiding and reducing is your simple sugars so you know your sweets your cakes your biscuits your pastries those type of foods um you know they play havoc with your pancreas and its ability to release insulin it's it quickly gives you a lot of calories without being nutrient dense which then in turn is going to lead to being um having a high risk of diabetes and also being obese as well which again compromising quality of life um and you know leading to chronic disease and there's a population it's going up and even from a younger age it's ridiculously uh, so it's, this, it's a problem <laughs> there's a it's an acronym isn't it is it U, UPFs isn't it U, ultra processed foods yes. I think that's what we're talking about yeah. here isn't it anything yeah. that's been messed around with lots mm-hmm. um, is yeah minimise yeah and you know um, unless you can pick it or pull it out of the ground or kill it um, you know it's going to have some kind of process to it so you know I mean I spoke about before having a rice cake and that's quite a good food if it's a whole grain one um, looking at a good snack um, trying to make sure that you're having that over like a white based cracker you know because of the glycemic load from it Um, but it's still a processed food if you want to break it down to that aspect you know I'm an advocate for including yogurt as well but it's still Mm. a processed food so it's kind of having an understanding that it's not from its natural form then it is going to be processed but it's like you said it's the ultra processed i've um <laughs> much to some of my family's uh, disgust at the minute i've i've been um, experimenting with fermented foods oh perfect i'm glad we got to this <laughs> <laughs> so um fermented foods uh where have you been all my life um so uh kefir mm-hmm. um and um kombucha I haven't tried kombucha okay. yet, so we'll, we'll yeah. circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's like a fermented uh, cabbage and spice and all that kind of thing. Um, Sauerkraut, kimchi. Kimchi. Yes. Now, kimchi, uh, I've discovered that I love kimchi. Yes. Um, my family won't actually be in the same room as me. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so talk a bit about fermented foods because, I, I again, I you know, it's... I don't understand why I haven't eaten more of them before um, and understanding some of the health benefits. They they seem really good for your for your gut mm, exactly so it's the the process in which they are made it goes through a fermentation process mm. and it's the the fermentation inside of that that creates the good bacteria which promotes um 
us having a good gut bacteria. So they right. have bacteria in them. And then, you know, they become like a probiotic. So they're actually um, supporting our gut health. Mm. And then within those, there's prebiotics as well, which is actually what the probiotics eat to be healthier, to then make our gut healthier, if that makes sense. <laughs> so uh, just as we're going past, prebiotics, probiotics. Yes. Boom. Yes. Mind already blown. That, that's, where, that's where it gets complicated. <laughs> yeah. just, just try and make sure that you're having some form of fermented probiotic foods in your diet on a regular, ideally daily basis. Um, you know, people have the, the yogurt drinks and there's things like Yakult as well, which, which yeah. are good, but they're very high sugar. Right. So, you know, it's kind of it negates the health perspective of that. So when we're saying probiotic, we mean encouraging of bacteria. Yes, and so that's um, your probiotics that you have. You, you know, you can buy it in supplementation form, in powder form, mm. um, and you can add it to different smoothies that you're having, or have it naturally from food. You know, yeah. that has been fermented, such as your your kimchi, your sauerkraut, and yeah. you know kombucha. I went through a phase once of making my own kombucha as well. So tell me about kombucha because <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I know what the kombucha. It, it's it's uh, it's a it's a fermented drink basically, mm. and. Um, you know, most people think of fermentation and it kind of makes alcohol. So they, that's what they associate it with. But what you have is you have this little, it's called like your mother, it's a scooby, scoby. Um, it's like a giant mushroom. Right. And then you have to, to feed it. Um, and then what that does is it breaks down and then the byproduct of that, it puts bacteria, good bacteria, into the liquid and then you drink the liquid. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... But it can go wrong sometimes. <laughs> and you can make that, it taste like vinegar. <laughs> is that speaking from experience, Bernie Charles? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I drank it anyway because it was good for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, right, I'm going to let this see if we can draw it some kind of order because we've been okay. all over the place here. But we've, we've talked pr primarily about the connection between mind, body, mm -hmm. and, 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 and what we eat. What. Given that there's going to be a wide variety of people listening to this, some who will already be well on this journey and some who won't, what do you think would be the the 101? What would we want people to get interested in after li listening to this? What what would you say to them? If you're doing nothing else, go try this tomorrow. If you're doing nothing else, um, I would go to try and eat a new fruit or vegetable that you haven't eaten before. So then that's focusing on adding more variety into your diet. It's looking at opening up your consciousness and your mind about what other food is out there. Mm. You know, go to learn um, how to prepare a new vegetable-based dish. So you know that you're if you're having that once or twice a week, then you're getting more nutrients into your body. Mm. Um, yeah, have a look at doing that. And then also have a look at, you know, eating smaller portion sizes and being more conscious of the food that you're putting into your body. You know, I've always referred to back to motorsport with this one. You know, if you've got your supercar, you're not going to put diesel in it when it needs petrol. Right. So, it, you, And you uh, you only get one body yes. for your lifetime. So you want to be able to make sure that you can look after it. And, you know, with the body as well, it's an amazing piece of equipment. Um but it will run out over time if it's not looked after. If you look after it properly, you can have a really good, healthy, good quality of life and longevity up into your 80s, 90s and, and even 100s. You know, there are some areas of the world where that's possible. Um, and it's through diet, lifestyle choices, um, mindset, things like that. So it's trying to have a look at your conscious choices you're making around your food, adding more variety, um, 
And being also mindful of your environment in terms of how you feel and being more mindful when you're eating. So tell me a bit about that. So in, environment. So when, in other words, is this playing back to the, don't eat at your desk? Yes. Try not to eat at your desk. You know, like for myself with um, my partner and our son, you know, we sit down, we try to make sure that we're having meals together, at least in, in the evening, you know, three or four times a week. You know, my son loves like going to lay the table and all this. So we make it a family affair. And, you know, you yeah. automatically, you've got that connection, you've got that bond, you've got that purpose. Yeah. So that that makes you feel good, um, you know, on a soul level as well. And you're having this time with your loved ones. You know, we will always sit down and, you know, we do gratitudes before we eat as well. Yeah. And we take it in turns. And so it's really interesting to see what each other says that day as well. Yeah. So it's just, you know, deepening and unifying us together as a family. Um but it's also allowing us to take that time to be appreciative and put us in that parasympathetic nervous system. Right. Um, and then taking our time with, with food, you know, we'll sit and we'll talk. And, you know, there's another thing that we can do is, you know, you, when you're eating with your knife and fork, is put your knife and fork down in between your mouthfuls that you're taking 20 times to chew. Just <laughs> right. So you're, you're just, you're actually enjoying the process yeah. rather than that seven minutes to consume the sandwich yeah, whatever exactly. the statistic was yeah so it's being aware of your environment and then noticing your feelings around that and also in terms of environment it's you know your exposure to like negative thoughts and people and things that impact you as well because if you're feeling low then that's going to also impact your food choices which then is also going to impact you as we've heard about from the, the year inside physiological perspective which then in turn is going to impact your psychological perspective again so yeah. you get on this little hamster wheel yeah so and it's really hard you know you work with a lot of people and they're like oh i feel really low so i, I ate this and you can understand how they got there but it's just trying to teach that person that when you're in that moment try not to make those choices because you're just going to keep going around that same wheel if you like so it's like obviously yes I know you feel bad but if you do this you're nourishing your body and it's going to make you feel better in, in the long term and sometimes we are consuming things to uh, block out or mask something which we're not comfortable with yeah, yeah. okay so whole that's a whole other whole another, that's, my, yeah, that's another pill, episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so I think um, what we'd hope that people would take from this conversation today is you, you can't just work on mindset. Mm -hmm. You can't just work on nutrition. You can't just work on fitness. We are complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean we all need a PhD to do it. Uh, it's simple steps. Mm -hmm. um, so get curious about different foods. Yep, colours. Chinese colours. Col yeah, rainbow. Think rainbow. Smaller plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that taking the time. I mean, putting the knife and fork down is great. You've actually twigged something in me that I've I think is a great idea. Um, gratitude, because I think mm -hmm. gratitude again another whole podcast on that. But, <laughs> um, but to take that moment at the meal time mm -hmm. to reflect on actually what are we grateful for today? I think yeah. that's, a, that's a top tip yes so thank you for that That's i'm, okay. I'm going <laughs> to use that one um claire um a pleasure as always thank um you. Uh, and, and i hope um you know those listening you you found that uh, interesting today I, I, I know i have so um, you have been listening to a one thought at a time special um on the connection between mind body and what we put in it um so if you have been thanks for listening <laughs>